Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> <laughs> And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 256 of the Big Show, some Enforcer-based podcast coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there post-Halloween? How many trick-or-treaters did you guys get? We had 96 here at the house. Actually, for uh, for Saskatchewan, it was a fairly uh, fairly decent October or, uh, Halloween uh, I mean, we've had snow on the ground and like minus whatever, and pretty hard to see <laughs> costumes with jackets on and everything else. But, uh, no, it actually wasn't bad last night. Um, you know, and, uh, it was our first Halloween in the house here. So we, we kind of were, uh, you know, kind of guessing how many, uh, how many kids we we're going to get. So, uh, you know, but on the Crescent where we're at, there's, there's a lot of kids on the Crescent to begin with. So kind of figured a, a fair amount. So, Yeah. 97, 90 some anyway. So, uh, yeah, fairly good, uh, turnout here. Hold on. I gotta turn this light off here. Uh, there we go. <sighs> Sit in the dark here. Um, yeah. Well, so what are we gonna, what are we gonna talk about today? Actually, you know what? It, uh, it's one of those things. Uh, today's episode kind of snuck up on me. Um, Sunday, uh, we were over at my parents' house, uh, celebrating my niece's birthday. Um, and then of course yesterday was Halloween and then all of a sudden tonight I get home and it's like, oh yeah, I got to record an episode for Wednesday. So, um, I will let you guys know off the top. Um, I have been in contact with a few players and, uh, we are just setting up times to record and, uh, and they seem pretty, pretty, uh, uh, pretty pumped up. So. Um, uh, I just have to finish up my questions for him and uh, hopefully going to record, uh, hopefully one this weekend and one on next Monday. So I should have some interviews for you. I know I keep saying that, but, uh, you know, obviously things come up and people get busy and that type of thing. Um, I know pr- people probably get bored of hearing my voice here with my solo rants, but, uh, I do have some player interviews. I promise coming and uh, yeah. And I, like I said, I, I never want to throw out the player's name in case that they actually don't happen. So, um, but I think you guys will dig them and um, yeah, looking forward to it here. So to talk to him because I was actually um, uh, a, a big fan of, of both of these guys. So um, I think, I think they'll be pretty cool. So um uh, one has been on a few podcasts. Uh, the other guy, uh, no, I have never heard him, never heard him do a podcast. And in fact, he, uh, he definitely flies under the radar, but definitely a minor league, definitely a minor league tough guy that, uh, should get a lot more, uh, credit than he does. Uh, cause he was in some tremendous tilts 
and uh, and we'll hopefully on Monday he'll uh, we you know he'll tell me all about him. So uh, so yes, there are some interviews coming, folks. I promise. But um, in the meantime, you're stuck with Darren. Um, I, what do I say all the time? I'm not going to talk long today. But I actually probably won't talk long today because I really don't have too much. I do have a list, though. Tim's already pumped now. I got a list. I do have a list. We're going to talk about the five toughest Columbus Blue Jackets of all time. So we'll go through that. I, I Like I always say when I'm doing these, I because I, I never wrote anything down. I've kind of looked through it. I'm kind of, I always have a feeling that I've already done some of these, but maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, so if I double up, whatever. Life goes on. Sue me. I've done 256 episodes. Shit runs together after a while. So, I don't know. My list guys, though, they send them to me and I, uh, I have them saved here. So, um, I just go through them. And the thing is, I'm sure if you probably went and searched, there's probably like a dozen lists of the toughest air quote Philadelphia Flyers or the toughest Bruins or, you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm sure it's not just like one list for all, right? Um, you know, I might have done a Blue Jackets one before, but I don't know. I can't remember. Work with me here, folks. Work with me. Uh, but uh, I have that and... Um, yeah, I, I really, I have a few, uh, newspaper articles. Um, my guest from the last episode, uh, Steve from when Probert was king. Of course, as, as I said, we were, we, I had him on because I wanted to talk about the, uh, the new fight site that is being launched. Drop your gloves 2.0, uh, that Steve has raised money for in the past. And, uh, I'd hired a computer guy and went through it all and, uh, uh, I encourage you to go back and listen to my episode and Steve explains everything that's gone into it. And it was quite the undertaking. And, um, but I am really looking forward to that new site when it comes out. And I hope people that, uh, are kind of data guys or are willing to enter data will, uh, get a hold of Steve and help him out. And, uh, and we can load things up and, and get the site up and running. Or it'll be up and running, but you know what I mean? Um, Cause that's like, like I always say, that's, that's the one thing with the drop your gloves. Uh, like we all remember it and stuff. Well, when that site first got on the internet, it didn't look like that. All that data wasn't there. There were a lot of guys that entered all that data over the years. Like that site was around for 15, 20 years. So that's how long it took entering all that data. So when Steve launches this new site, it's not, oh, this isn't as good as the old one. Well, yeah, the old one was 20 years old. So, you know, uh, there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of help entering all that data. So yeah, I mean, we got, we're, we're way behind what the, uh, what the original one was in terms of overall data, but, uh, it's a data and, uh, but we have to, it has to be entered. That doesn't just magically show up on the internet. So, um, you know, hopefully people will, will sign up and, and, and help out. And, and, uh, if you're computer able, uh, tech savvy, if you will, you could help out entering data. Uh, but I know some guys already have, uh, and, uh, and at any rate, it's there and it'll be for us fight fans to grow. And I think, and I'm really looking forward to it. So, but yes, so, but go back and listen to the uh, last episode. Steve talks all about it. Um, 
But in the meantime, he is also on the Facebook machine bouncing around and on the, he has his own website. And as I said, it's called when Probert was And, uh, but he has a, his Facebook page. He's been uploading, um, his big on during his research projects. Of course, he goes on newspapers.com and, and, uh, yeah. So he is, uh, he's been posting newspaper articles. And, uh, he's kind of gone on a Battleship Kelly run here lately. And then, uh, he just throws up some stuff. So I'm going to read a couple of the, the articles that he's posted up. Just, uh, some quick little antidotes and, uh, that I think, uh, you guys will dig. But, uh, we'll do that. And, uh, and, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll see where the conversation takes us here. But, uh, well, first off, I want to start off by saying, um, well, I guess I say what I always say every episode as I, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network and there's over 50 shows on the network. All the NHL teams are represented. So uh, whatever team you're a fan of, there is a podcast for you. Um, and then, of course, I got Alec over there at the Five for Fighting podcast. And uh, what a, what a kind of up and down roller coaster he's been on the last uh, last week or so with his battle with the East Coast Hockey League uh, in terms of uh, his YouTube channel which, uh, unfortunately, YouTube erased. Um, the East Coast League got him, folks. They bit him. Um, he had actually had a copyright strike put on him from the league and uh, over his some of his footage because he was uploading East Coast Hockey League fights, God forbid. Um, as I said, out of all the hockey leagues in the world, the East Coast Hockey League is the only league that I know that has issue with people putting up videos. Um, for whatever reason, I have no idea. Uh, like the NHL doesn't even give a shit, you know, but also the East Coast League does, you know. Um, you'd think any press would be good press, but apparently not. Um, and Alec had, but last year Alec had put over 400 East Coast League fights on his channel and there wasn't a peep out of them. Um, but uh, I don't know if someone obviously tipped them off or alerted them or whatever, but he had had the video up, which was strange because he had the video up of, uh, uh, oh shit, I talked about it on the show. What the hell's the guy's name now? The guy that got into it with the fan with a stick. Oh, jeez. There you go. I'm, I'm, here we are. We're great. Here, you know, what a, what a show, folks. Yeah. Um, anyway, he was going off the ice and hit the fan with a stick, whatever. Well, he got suspended indefinitely. Um, boy, I did, I, I even brought it up on the friggin', on my episode a couple, uh, couple episodes ago. I brought the thing up and what, I, you think I could think of the guy's name right now? I know I could hit pause and look it up, but ah, shit, I don't want to. Whatever, I'm too far away from the keyboard. So, um, anyway, uh, Alec had that video up. But the fr- the funny thing was, he wasn't the first. It's like Spit and Chiglets had it up. There's a bunch. Of, I I saw it on Twitter the video before. I didn't even go to Alex's page to see the video. I was on. I saw it on Twitter. Somebody put up a clip. But anyway, the East Coast League sent him a copyright strike for putting that on. Tell him to take the video down off his channel. So, okay, whatever. <clears throat> and then they gave him another copyright strike for a, some sort of fight on there. So, basically, Alec just sent him a, a, a reply, like, just, like, what's your deal and blah, blah, blah and all that. And, um, I mean, I'll say, if you go to Alec's podcast, he has a whole, he talks about the whole episode, his whole dealings with the East Coast League on his, on his episode. But, um and they're kind of like, oh, three copyright strikes and YouTube will remove your channel. Well, sure enough, they did. So, um, you know, congratulations, East Coast. You won. You know, yay. Congratulations. You slayed the dragon. Like, what a bunch of fucking losers. Like, you're just, really? So, like, 
I mean, I know Alec has, Alec actually sent a letter to the East Coast League, an email to the East Coast League. Um, you know, I'm sure they'll be so gutless they won't reply to it or anything. But it, it I brought this up when I was talking to Steve because actually when I was talking to Steve about the website that he was creating, Alec sent me a text. Of course, my phone's sitting right beside me. So I kind of read the text while Steve was talking. And it, all he put was, uh, they just, or what did he put? Uh, it's gone, man. That's all, that was all he wrote. It's gone, man. And I knew what he meant. So I kind of announced it on the air while I was talking with Steve. And, you know, and then Steve and I kind of rattled off and, you know, Steve got actually fairly fired up over it. And so did I. I mean, I felt bad for Alec because, you know, I know what it's like to put all that time into a channel and, and have, um, not only with their copyright strikes, but YouTube. Like, you can't talk to... I mean, I guess it's not YouTube's fault if the owner of the league... Wa- or the league wants to put copyright strikes. I mean, I guess I can't blame YouTube in that fact. But it's just like, at the same time, you have copyrighted material all over YouTube. And, um, you know, I guess until someone complains, it doesn't matter. But at any rate... Um, no, we just kind of, uh, you know, we're just wondering out loud. And I'll say the same thing here as I'm sitting here. It's just, you know, it just in theory, like, okay, I know it's copyrighted material and blah, blah, blah. And all. I get it. Okay. But what, like, what does the East Coast Hockey League gain by eliminating Alex's channel? He It wasn't monetized. He wasn't making any money off of it. The East Coast League doesn't have a fight channel that Alec is taking away from. So it's not like they're losing money. You know, um, actually throughout this whole thing, like Alex said, well, I pay for your service to get these videos. Like, so they get Alex season ticket money, which is a hundred or $200, whatever the subscription costs. Um, there are people that, that go to his site that have openly said they go to East Hulk hockey league games now because of Alex Chandler to go see this guy or whatever, or guys have been watching the East Coast League channel and kind of really got into it. Or they, they watched last year's Best of Anthony Collins video. And they're like, I'm going to check this guy out when he comes to town. Or, you know, it, it's been nothing but... A, or I'm going to buy the game to see him or whatever. It's it's done nothing but promote the league. Now, you can debate whether fighting or promoting the violence of it is a good thing or bad thing. Eh, whatever. Nonetheless, it's promotion. Because, oh, it wasn't like, oh, we saw Alex channel with all those fights, so we're not going to East Coast League games now because of the violence. I can guarantee no one said that. So they weren't going, those people weren't going to begin with. So the only thing Alex channel ever did was promote the league. Okay, he's not making money off it. He's not taking anything from your league. In fact, he's making you money and giving you exposure. So your solution is, is to erase his channel. Like somebody explained, I'm not a business guy apparently, but someone explained to me how that is a good business practice. I'm just curious. But me, and at the same time, it's not like the NHL, the LNAH, you know, the American Hockey League, the Western League, OHL, any of these, well, no league. I can sit there and name all the fucking leagues, but no league other than the East Coast League puts copyright strikes against YouTube channels. That I know, because I mean, my channel, I have over 2,500 videos on my channel from every league, including the East Coast League. And uh, while the East Coast League has 
I think when I, a couple years ago, they sent me a copyright strike. But other than that, I have, I still have East Coast League fights on my channel. They've never sent me anything. Now, granted, they're all from like the 90s, you know, so I don't know, maybe it's, I think it's more the flow sports, the people that actually, that sell the online subscription or, or do the online games. I think that's who's the one that's sending the copyright strikes. I don't think it's the league. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I think it's from, because flow sports is the one that broadcasts the games. So, but regardless, so maybe that's why they haven't said anything to me because my shit's from the 90s, from like game tapes and shit. So it's like, they don't own it. Now granted, I don't either, but if you don't own it, I guess you can't send a cut. Well, that's not true if you don't own something. Yes, you can, you still can send copyright strikes. There's people in Quebec that are famous for that. Um, but, you know, but legit, but realistically, I guess, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. At the end of the day, it's just so stupid. Like, I don't know. And Alec, actually, Alec shared the, the letter that he sent to me, that he, he, I keep saying mailed, like he put a stamp on it or something. The email that he wrote the East Coast League, he shared it with me. And it's very well written. I will say, uh, Mudshow can write a little bit. I'll give him that, I'll give him credit. But yeah, and I mean, and, but in all seriousness, though, he, uh, it was, you know, very well written. And it was, oh, fuck you guys or anything. No, no, he, no, real, uh, professional, uh, classy written letter. And, uh, you know, and like I said, that they won't, how do you reply to it? Like, I was just thinking about that now as I'm sitting here. It's like, they have no reasonable reply. You know, I mean, they could, I mean, they could reply in like a legal, well, due to copyright infringement, blah, blah, blah. You know, they could give you the, the, the legalese of it, but in terms of just a general, like, what are you fucking stupid? Like, you know, there's no comeback to it. I mean, I, I just don't, I, as I'm saying, I, I think that's the only reason that it got shut down was because of flow sports the the provider of the broadcast i don't i really as i was saying i really don't think it's the east coast hockey league that's doing it i think it's flow sports because like i said i have east coast league footage up and they've never erased it there is east coast league footage up on youtube um not current but like from old broadcasts or game tapes or that type of thing and it hasn't been taken down so i don't think it's a league thing i think it's the provider cable or the internet game provider that's doing it. I could be wrong, but you know, or I mean, maybe it is the league. I mean, regardless, um, I don't know. The whole, the whole thing is just stupid and, you know, and it's too bad. And, uh, and like I said, there's a lot of good stuff on there and, uh, I, and I encouraged Alec, but I mean, it's a lot of work and I encouraged him, you know, and probably from, I guess part of it is for selfish reasons. I was like, I went, I was like, you're going to have to go old school. I actually seriously make DVDs, like just get the clips and burn them onto DVD. I mean, sounds ridiculous, but I mean, um, well, I mean, what else are you going to do? And, um, cause I, and I told him, I said, well, I'll, I'll pay for half the subscription if you're, if you're willing to do that. Um, you know, because, yeah, it might be new now, but in 10 years, it's like if somebody wants to see Anthony Collins fights or something, you're going to be the only one that has any, you know, because they're not out there. Because like I said, unless someone else had made East Coast League DVDs, and there might, there might have, I don't really trade that much anymore. But I mean, other than that, I mean, it sounds archaic when you say, oh, save DVDs or put them on a hard drive or whatever the fuck you do now. But um, 
Yeah, because I mean, I mean, with the way it's going, I mean, in ten years, probably fuck, they probably wouldn't even be fighting in ten years. So it's like, you know, I don't know. Or just, I mean, at the same time, if he was just like, you know what, fuck all of this, I'm not doing any of it. Yeah, I'd, I'd understand that too. So, you know, it's just a real frustrating exercise, and uh, and like I said, the whole thing's stupid and whatever. But, um, you know, we'll see. Um, I know one team has reached out to actually I got to reply to Alec about that. I know one team reached out for, I'm not going to say the team, but, uh, and they were kind of like, you know, I could send you the game tapes if you want. Like, cause Alec goes, holy shit, fucking old school. I'm like, sweet, you know? Um, but I mean, I, I wish other teams, I mean, it's the camera guy or whatever for the team or, you know, and, uh, you know, I wish other teams were that proactive. That was, that'd be cool. Um, actually I can remember way back in the day when the Louisiana ice skaters, uh, they used to sell fight tapes, uh, on their website. Cause I remember buying one cause that was the year Bugard was there. That's how we got the Bugard Louisiana footage. Uh, the Louisiana ice skaters, uh, made a fight DVD and sold it. It was like 20 bucks on their website. Can you imagine that? Yeah. So back in the day, um, you know, and now whatever, but man, I wish more teams back in the day sold fight DVDs because it would have been at least then their footage would have been around. Um, but I imagine, you know, on a, in a, on a small little deal, like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they didn't sell thousands and thousands of copies, but I can guarantee like around the, if you sold them at the arena and around Louisiana and then you put them on your website, I can guarantee they sold a couple hundred, you know, so there's a couple grand right there. I mean, the game tape, like I always said, it's easy. That's the easiest money you'll ever make. I shit, the game tapes are right there. And I mean, it's not like you're, it's 400 fights or something. I mean, it was probably 70 fights at the end of the, I mean, if you just compiled them, put them all on a, on a, on a tape at the end of the year, you know, and made a little video at the start with the, some graphics, you know, which a computer guy could whip off in minutes, um, that, and then, you know, and then sell them in your team store on a t on a dvd like a dvd at that point a blank dvd to burn dvds cost about 10 cents you know and then just put a ice gator sticker on it or something sell it in your team store for 20 10 but hell even 10 bucks sell a couple hundred copies it's a few thousand dollars right there i mean yeah it's not yeah i mean it's not going to keep the team afloat or anything but i mean whatever a couple thousand bucks a couple thousand bucks i mean whatever and well, and at the end of the day, it's just it, it it makes your fans happy. So I don't know. I I just never understood why more teams didn't do it. I mean, it's just free money. I mean, if you had a couple volunteers, just you know, they keep the profits or something. You know, because I mean, it's not like the team gives a shit. You know, whatever. I don't know. I'm just I'm just talking to talk here, I guess. But I just never understood why more teams didn't do it. I guess at the same time, I probably just never thought about it because they're like, you know what. If no one ever brings it up and they don't collect fight tapes, I guess from a fight tape nerd standpoint, it's that's why I'm that's where I'm coming from. But I don't know anybody that I've ever given a fight DVD to or a fight tape back in the day. Um, no one said, "Boy, this is stupid." <laughs> you know, I mean, even if they didn't understand, like I remember talking to people and they're like, "I was telling them like, yeah, I collect fight tapes." Well, they'd look at you like you had three heads, like what? And be like, yeah. And, you know, and I'm like, oh, I'll, ma- I'll make you one. And at the time, I had made a couple assorted fight tapes that would, you know, there were two hours and they were just, yeah, they were just like best ofs. Yeah, and I would just like, you know, if I, 
I just give them to people. You know, if I was at work or something, I was just talking to a guy, like, you know, a colleague that I just started working with or that they didn't know me, you know, and as, as time went on, be like, yo, yeah, I collect fight tapes. What's that? And, uh, oh, here, I'll bring you one. Yeah. No, no one ever brought the tape back and said, yeah, that was stupid. No, every one of them was like, holy shit, that was awesome. You know, oh, me and my buddies, we watched what we were drinking. That was great. And, you know, whatever. I'd give them to player Like, back in the day, of course, VCRs in the bus, right? So they'd, they'd put the best of tapes in the bus and play them. And the guys would sit there during the trip. And, yeah, they loved them, you know. And, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Simpler times, I guess. Simpler times, folks. But, uh, but yes, the uh, the battle of the, with the East Coast League continues. Um, I don't know what else we're going to talk about. Uh, oh, how about that? Wow. Oh, completely non-hockey, but how about that Jake Paul Anderson Silva fight? Yeah, Jake Paul. I, oh, I want to see that Paul kid get knocked out. Ugh. Um, I mean, I'm not paying him to watch that shit. Um, I will say, and I mean, for those that watch it, whatever I was told, uh, you know, Anderson Silva pretty much clowned around the whole time and, whatever and somebody said it kind of looked like he was pulling his punches and not really giving a shit i think he got he kind of got the he got dropped in the in the last round you know he got up or whatever but i think he got caught with one but uh at any rate uh jake paul won a decision i know uh i just for the hell of it and for the odds i actually bet on on uh silva to uh win by split decision that was my bet i just threw 20 bucks on it what the hell you know, I think it would have paid out. That was pretty good odds, actually. Um, but anyway, uh, I don't know. I don't know if they're if they're working us. I think it probably works. Who knows? Because I'm like, I think the gravy train would end uh, if Jake Paul ever gets knocked out. I think the crazy the gravy train's over. I think so. Maybe you want him to keep winning. I will say as much as I think the Pauls are douchebags and everything else. And, well, and they are, but. Um, I have to say it. I will give him credit. Um, the, it's, well, not just the guys that are fighting Jake Paul have a good payday, but the undercard has, is a good payday as well. And uh, and I and I, would, I can't remember what fight it was, the one that didn't happen, where, where the guy backed out or whatever. Well, the thing is, is, okay, Jake, he backs out and whatever. And, you know, and Jake Paul and him have whoever the, I can't remember who the guy he was fighting with. Well, they got lots of money and whatever. But the, the undercard guys, I mean, they've had to do their, their six, their eight week camp or whatever, pay a trainer, pay the, you know, whatever. They have expenses and they were counting on that money. Well, uh, you know, now all of a sudden that the card's not happening because Buddy pulled out or whatever. Well, these guys are out a bunch of money and a bunch of time and whatever. And I don't know, I'm sure there's probably insurance on it or something, so they get paid a little bit. But apparently, Paul made sure they all got paid what they were promised. So it's like, well, you know, and they're like, yeah, that, like, most promoters would never do that. So I, I will, when I heard that, I will, and I know after the fight here, him and Silva were, uh, Paul wants to really create a, a union, uh, try to start a union for the fighters, for the UFC, for the MMA fighters, um, you know, because, I mean, they, those guys get, I mean, unless you're one of the top, top guys, the rest of them just make shit money. And, uh, you know, and I mean, I know there's a lot of MMA guys that listen and I don't know. And I mean, Dana White's a polarizing figure. I think personally, I think he's a douchebag, but 
Um, at the same time, I mean, they control everything and, and I mean, and those guys aren't getting paid shit. I mean, your main event guys, yeah, okay, they make a couple, like McGregor and them, oh yeah, they make their money, but the guys in the opening bout, it's like, oh, 5,000 to show and 5,000 to win. And like, meanwhile, these guys got to train for eight weeks and all this shit. I remember there was a guy from, his name is escaping me, but he was from Saskatoon or maybe he's from John. He's from Saskatchewan anyway. And he got into the UFC and he was on a few of the, whatever you call it, the, the pre pay-per-view fights. Um, but I think he, he was on one pay-per-view, I think. But anyway, they interviewed him on the thing. And I think he was in that, whatever. I can't remember what his day job was. He was like an accountant or something, or he had some like kind of a decent day job or whatever. Um, but he like lost, he, like he lost money fighting in the UFC. Like, how do you lose money fighting in supposedly, in the, it's supposedly the biggest MMA company in the world. And you're on their roster fighting on one of their pay-per-view events and you lose money compared to your day job. You know, it's like, oh yeah, you know, and it's just, no, I get it. They know. And at the same time, while they were told this is how much they're getting and if they don't like it, they don't have to do it. And, you know, I get that argument, but it's just at the same time, it's like, but then, you know, they'll sit there and go on about with the, oh, it's one of the becoming one of the most popular sports in the world, blah, blah, blah. But meanwhile, you're just, you pay these guys like shit. And it's just like, I don't know. I don't, now I'm not saying all, all of them have to make 10 million a fight. I get it. But really, you're on like a pay per view event and you're like five grand. Really? Like, okay. It's, I don't know. I know. And then now, and they took away the sponsorship. So you can't put shit on your, you have to be, it's like, you can't get sponsor money anymore. And like back in the day, you used to be able to get their, you know, the patches on your trunks and stuff. And they could make, you know, guys would make good, good deals on those. Right. You know, now you can't do that. So, I mean, they just like cut your balls off on any sort of revenue stream you could create for yourself, you know? And it's just like, you know, and I mean, how many, I mean, I guess you can, what is it? Bellator and stuff. And I mean, you know, whatever, but I mean, you know, they're not paying as much. I mean, and they're kind of, uh, they're kind of the AHL to the NHL kind of thing. I mean, you can do okay, but you know what I'm saying? I don't know. I just, and I mean, I get, again, I get it. Well, don't do it then or whatever. Well, you know, yeah. Anyway, it's just, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of Dana White. We'll just put it that way. Um, anyway, but, uh, yeah, this is the hockey pod. You know, the hockey podcast network. Yeah, let's talk about Jake Paul and Anderson Silva some more. Yeah, it, it, what do they call this filler? Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, so I was hoping Silva would knock him out, but that didn't happen. And uh, you know, and I would Jake Paul call out Nate Nate Diaz here. So yeah, that we'll see what happens there. And now a message from our sponsors. Hockey fans, it's finally time to hit the ice again, and thanks to DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you're in for a season of a lifetime. New customers can bet $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets if they win. Is Colorado going to repeat? Is Toronto Maple Leafs, is this going to be finally be the year? I see Carolina's up there in the Stanley Cup Futures bets as well. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. 
Bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $200 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Let's get on to some of these articles here. Sorry, folks, I'm really, I'm kind of really wasting your time tonight, aren't I? I won't, though. I think the, you know, these articles are kind of, not that they're long or anything, but just kind of, um, it was just some cool stuff that Steve found on, on newspapers.com and, uh, he called this one just Dave Brown doing Dave Brown things back in 1981 with the Yorkton Terriers of the SJHL. Um, the Yorkton Humboldt game played in Humboldt was penalty filled with Humboldt coach Doug Turgeon said he is lodging a protest of the league against referee Wes Smith for allowing the use of a dangerous equipment by a Yorkton player. Turgeon said Yorkton's Dave Brown was wearing a plastic cast on his right hand and used it in a fight which broke out with one minute left in the game. Brown had injured his hand earlier but was well enough to play. Turgeon said Smith ignored his protest. Um, I laughed at one of the comments. Somebody said, well, it was on his right hand, so he, he's not going to use it anyway. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I always guess kind of, you know, imagine Dave Brown's scary enough, let alone when he's got a freaking cast on his hand. Um but yeah, but uh, like I said, guys, if you're on Facebook, uh, when Probert was king, um, he has posted up, uh, I'm just kind of scrolling his feed right now. He's got some uh, really cool, like, went, like it's all from the newspaper, so it's black and white or whatever. But yeah, I'm just scrolling here. He's got some really cool Wendell Clark pictures when Wendell was with the Blades. Um, oh, the classical Kent Staniforth and Rhett Trombley squaring off. I was at that game. I was I saw that fight. Yeah, October 29th, 1991, I was there. Um, yeah, Staniforth used to, if he wasn't fighting Rhett Trombley, he was fighting Mark Rader. Yeah, he uh, he always had some great fights. Um, yeah, and uh, oh, he's got some really cool, like again, Kelly Chase with the blades. Um yeah, just just some really good old art, really good old articles. He's got a pretty cool picture like Barubi and fighting Probert, and um, oh, and they just talk about uh, well, they talk about Link Gates here. Um, the horror show of the draft was Link Gates. His nickname is the Missing Link. He's six foot three and two hundred five. Well, he was heavier than two hundred five pounds. Had 313 penalty minutes in 59 games with Spokane. He had 14 misconducts, five game misconducts, and a match penalty for throwing a stick and hitting a timekeeper. He's also known for to be an off-ice problem. He was suspended five playoff games for missing team meetings. He's the toughest kid from out of the West since Clark Gillies, Spokane general manager Bob Strum said. Rumor was that the Philadelphia Flyers were going to take him in the first round at 14 or the Rangers were going to grab him in the second round. The missing link, whose agent is former whaler Gary Howitt, went number 40 to Minnesota. Gates showed up at the draft with two black guys. The guy I want to draft is the guy who gave him the black guys, Oilers general manager Glenn Sather said. There you go. Could you imagine Link Gates with the Flyers? Imagine if the Flyers had taken him in the first round. Gates in Philly? Oh, folk hero shit, man. Folk hero. Right up there with the hammer. Missing link in the hammer. Um... I think, um, oh, another thing I want to throw out with the Wisconsin, I don't know if a lot of people know this or not, um, but the Western Hockey League, um, in their, when you look up Western Hockey League penalty minute totals on Hockey DB or wherever you're looking, those penalty minute totals do not include 10 minute misconducts. So when they, when I read off the 313 minutes, um, you basically have to add, and he had 14 misconducts. 
Um, while that those 140 minutes in misconducts aren't on that 313, I'm pretty. Now I'm saying that I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So basically, he had 453 minutes. Um, I know Kerry Toporowski's 505. Those totals. Uh, they did not count misconduct. So imagine five. He had 505 minutes, and that doesn't include tens. Um, I believe that he, when you add up his with the tens and everything, he had seven something. I know that um, the reason they didn't, um, but I don't know when they s- stopped counting tens, or if they ever did. I'm gonna have to ask one of the WHL guys or one of the stat guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask I'm gonna get a date for that if that rule got put in later or if that's always been the way it is. Um, because anyway, I'm I'm babbling. The reason they didn't add tens at the time uh, was because the league thought it when you started looking at the penalty minute numbers, they there was like crazy amount of. Not like well, Gates with four fifty three and Topper with seven hundred and something like they. It was like it was so goofy that they. So they're like, well, we won't add the tens. I mean, you can get a ten minute misconduct; it just wouldn't add to your penalty minute total. So uh, the the WHL total penalty minute totals that you're looking at aren't correct. They're not right. Um, so, but I don't know when that started. When they started doing that, but I know the league didn't want to look bad and like. With the record, with the record books, so they uh, they stopped counting the tens. So yeah, Link Gates actually had four fifty three, not three thirteen. So um, yes, the crazy missing link. Um, but could you imagine Toporowski five oh five, and that's not with ten minute misconducts? Isn't that crazy? But I, I I'm I, I'm going to ask tough guy numbers. I'm going to get a hold of him um, because he'll know. He's he's the he's the numbers guy. I, I want to know when did they when did they start not adding misconducts to the penalty minute total because that would be interesting to find out. It'd be interesting to see like the real numbers, like with the tens and stuff included. That would be interesting because that's the thing. I mean, you can go look at hockey DB and uh, you know a guy has two eighty two hundred eighty minutes. Well, how many did he really have? Because you know, and I mean, I you know, and who's going to have the time to go back and look through the box scores and read up on all his misconducts, right? It's not like they broke him down. So, um, you know, so who really knows? But it'd be interesting to know if, like, the Western Hockey League has, like, one record set of records, but then the but they have two sets of books, like, back in the old days when they were, like, skimming money and stuff, money laundering. You know, we have, the, we have two sets of books. Yeah, the Western Hockey League's got two sets of record books. So, but, yeah, crazy when you think about the totals, though. Um It'd be, it'd be great to see, I, cause I'm kind of, I would love to see those numbers and like the nineties guys. Um, like I'm not sure on the, I know in the nineties for sure they didn't count tens. I don't know in the eighties when they started that. Um, that's why I said I'm gonna have to get a hold of tough guy numbers and ask him. Well, I know he listens to the show, so he'll hear this, but, um, yeah, there's, there, there's my question for you, man. I'd like to know when did the, when did the WHL, uh, stop counting tens? There we go. Um, but anyway, let's get on to this list. This, I mean, this is what Tim's been waiting for here. I've been wasting his time. So let's get into it here. I'm, uh, <clears throat> open this up here. This is from Fan Sided. Okay. Written by Preston Byers five years ago. All right. Columbus Blue Jackets, top five fighters in franchise history. Just trying to think. Okay. 
Um, cause as I always say with these lists, um, I haven't looked at them ahead of time. I am discovering them with you guys. So that way I always say my reactions are genuine that you're getting. Um, you know, and we've always done that. And like I said, I may be back on some really old episodes. I've done this list before. I'm not sure. Um, I don't think, I don't remember doing a Columbus list, but I hate, I, like I said, I've done 256 episodes. Give me a break here. Um, I probably should have written things. I have a somewhat partial list of the teams that I've done. Um, but like I said, I'm sure there's, if I went and typed in Columbus Blue Jackets top five enforcers or something, I'm sure I'd get a dozen lists. So who knows? Maybe I've done one from some other site. I mean, I'm sure there's obviously fan vlogs and everything else. So, um, but like I said, my boys that send me the lists, uh, I mean, they obviously listen to the show too, so I don't, I don't think they would send me the same list twice. So, um, you know, but anyway, let's get into this. Uh, oh, no, right. Usually they give a big write up, no write up at all. Number five, Jean Luc Grandpierre, uh, coming in the fifth spot, Montreal born Jean Luc Grandpierre. Uh, if that's not the most Montreal y sounding name, I don't know what is. That's very true. Uh, GLGP. Played most of his NHL career with Columbus. Of his 269 games, 202 of them were with Columbus. Of those 202 games, Grand Pierre tallied 21 fights, according to HockeyFights.com. 20, hmm, 21 fights in 202. That's interesting. I thought he actually had more fights than that. Huh. His grittiness and love for Columbus made him a fan favorite in the early days of the organization's history. Although he's been gone from the team for many years now, we still love him. Still love watching his fights. I think he, actually, I think he still lives in the uh, in the Columbus area. Um yeah, man. I mean, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and profess to be a, a, a Grand Pierre expert or anything. Um, I know he had some really good fights with Scott Parker. Um, and in fact, I remember watching them and I was actually surprised because like, I don't remember Grant, like as I'm sitting here, I'm not trying to knock him, but I don't remember, like, I remember him fighting all the you know, 21 fights, but I don't remember like, oh, going to the club, you know, who's the head, well, watch the head Grand Pierre. Like, I don't. I never kind of looked at him that way. I know he's a big dude, though, because watching the Parker fights, um, I remember thinking like they were like they looked almost like the same size. So like Pierre was, I know he was a big guy, um, and he always gave Parker fits because um, I thought Parker would smash him, but he didn't. Uh, Grand Pierre hung in with him, um, and if memory serves, I I know the one fight. If I think it was it the second time they fought, I, they, I know they fought a few times. Um, Parker goes down. Of course, everybody was just because Parker's so polarizing. I know all of the haters and everything were jumping up and down. That Grand Pierre dropped him. I don't think he ever dropped him. I think he just yanked him off balance. But, um, but Parker, yeah. I mean, I'm certainly not saying Parker won any of the fights. I don't. Um, I'm not saying they were great, you know, toe to toe sand tasker battles or anything. But I just remember thinking at the time that. Let Parker was going to kind of pound on him and, and Grand Pierre was right with him the whole time. So, um, which showed me a lot, but, uh, yeah, big guy. That's interesting. 21 fights. I actually thought he fought, he would have fought more than that. Um, not that he was like super goon or anything, but I just thought he would have more fights than 21 and 200 games. But, um, yeah, uh, there you go. Um, I'm just trying to like, I was thinking with Columbus, I mean, I have a few names in my head who I would have on the list, but, uh, all right. Uh, yeah. Number four, we'll click. <clears throat> Number four, <clears throat> David Ling. Mm. All right. 
Uh, David Ling's not a very well-known figure in CBJ history, and for good reason. He only played 93 games in the NHL, and 90 of those came with the Blue Jackets, scoring only 8 points in Columbus. Ling was definitely not known for anything except his fighting. All right. <laughs> Although he only finished with single-digit points, Ling fought 23 times as a part of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, that's all I know about him, so let's watch him drop Yarku Rutu. Um, then they got the YouTube clip. Um, well, I don't think David Ling was known as a fighter. Um, 23 fights in like in 90 Blue Jackets games? Really? David Ling fought 23 times as part of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Well, that actually surprises me. Um, yeah, here I got, hold on, I got to pause this. I got to go check this fight card for a sec. Ah, well, there you go. He actually did have that many fights. That surprises me. Um, I mean, they're including preseason with that as well. Um, the thing, actually, it's funny. I looked up, um, I just sort of look, I, I guess I just never bothered to really look into it. Um, I just looked up, I was just looking at it. Oh, spit it out, man. David Ling's, uh, hockey DB here. Man, he had a lot of penalty minutes. Like I'm looking in junior. I mean, as you know, 275, 254. Um, I know in his last year at junior there in Kingston, he had 62 games, he had 61 goals, 136 minutes, but, um, but yeah, he had 229 minutes in Fredericton, 210 in the IHL with Kansas City, yeah, another 200 season in Columbus, or with Utah, and then 240 with Syracuse, 19 goals, um, I know his year at St. John's Maple Leafs, 80 games, 28 goals, 60 assists, 152 minutes, I mean, you know, Ling was a, was a skilled guy. I mean, um, you know, I'm, I'm surprised, but I guess it was just a size thing, right? Five, nine. Um, you know, so he was never going to be a killer fighter. Um, but certainly obviously scrappy and, uh, it 20, Hey shit, 23 fights in 90 games. I mean, there you go. I mean, that's surprising. I mean, I knew, I, I remember he was scrappy and he fought a few times, but I didn't think he actually fought that much, but yeah, definitely put up a ton of penalty minutes and, uh, you know, and a solid player. Um, I, you know, again, I, would I put him on a top five Columbus Blue Jacket? Well, you know, I guess. I mean, I'm assuming at this top, I'm, I'm thinking along with everyone else right now, who the other three should be. This is like, like, I don't, I can't see the other list. I got to click to the next screen. So I'm assuming who the next three should be. Um, so I guess really four and five can be, you know, whatever, but, um, yeah. All right. Well, let's see. Well, we'll see who, who they got here. Number three. Yeah. Okay. Derek Dorsett. Yeah. That was one of the three that I was thinking of. Uh, Dorsett played five seasons with Columbus, ended up with 60 fights. He eventually got traded to New York in the lockout season. Dorsett will always remember his scrappiness and incredible fight against Dan Carcillo. Um, yeah, I remember when Dorsett played with Medicine Hat and stuff. Um, I and then with Syracuse and Morasti and those guys. I always liked Dorsett, scrappy guy. Um, you know, unfortunately he had the neck injury there and he had to retire early, but uh, I always felt bad for him for that. But um, no, I mean, you know, solid, just solid, gritty guy. And um, you know, I know. Well, obviously, I'm looking at the picture of him here in the thing. He's he's wearing the assistant and. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, just a solid, solid, gritty player. I, like I said, I always liked Dorsett. I mean, you know, was he a killer when he fought? Nah, no, but I mean, you know, he'd give her shit. I mean, he, you know, take on anybody and yeah, I'm down with Derek Dorsett. Cool with me. Number two, Jody Shelley. 
Oh, Jody, I love you. <laughs> You're so tough, so rough, so violent. Just the perfect goon, to be honest. Jody is probably the best fighter that Blue Jackets have had, considering he's one of the best fighters in the, in the history of the NHL. Uh, no, but but we're here just to rank these off the amount of fights that they had with the Columbus Blue Jackets. But we're just ranking these off of the amount of fights that they had with the Jackets. Okay, Jody had a whopping 119 fights with the with Columbus most of the time. He, most of the time he kicked ass. I miss him. Um, yeah, I'm down with now. Was he one of the best fighters in the history of the NHL? Uh, no, no, he wasn't. Um, but I I'm a big fan of Jody Shelley. He was um, tough dude. Never forgot his role. Always always would give her shit. Uh, big guy, long arms. Um, you know, took the long road to the NHL. Um, you know, uh, was actually a really solid player in the Quebec League with uh, the Halifax Mooseheads. Um, I know he's in an All Star game the one year. Um, but yeah, he had some great fights down in junior. Um, played a long time in the East Coast League with uh, Johnstown. You know, came up with the Flames and their farm system. Oh man, I can remember uh, way back when it was when I was still living at home. So it had you know, I remember my parents had the it was the NHL Network. Uh, was the, but it wasn't like we had the center ice package. I think it was just called the Ennet. Whatever it was, there was like a season. Uh, basically, they uh, they followed the Johnstown Chiefs around for a year, and it was really cool. It was like you know, it was like the behind the scenes uh, shit, right? And it was the year Jody Shelley was with the ja- with uh, the Chiefs. And I wish I had taped it. I've never seen anyone have it. I've never seen it on a YouTube channel. I mean, not that I went and dig for it that much, but it's, I've never seen it come up. And but it was cool because like they had like each episode they'd feature kind of a few guys and whatever. And I remember watching the one with Shelley because I didn't know who he was at the time because um, again he was a Quebec guy, right? Um, so I remember watching that, and then you know he's just sitting there talking. And then he's like, oh yeah, tonight we're playing so and so, and they got this guy, and yeah, we'll fight. And then they show, and they but they had him mic'd up too. And it was just really, because it was really ahead of its time, because it would have been, it had to have been late 90s. And, uh, yeah, it was just, yeah, when was he? Oh, here, I'm, st- I'm I, here, talk amongst yourselves while I look this up. Um, I, I'm trying to think when, when was Jody Shelley in, uh, Johnstown? Well, well, we'll find out, we'll find out here. Uh, yeah, 98, 90, I was going to say it was in the 90s. Yeah, 98, 99, it was around that time, um, yeah, under, like you said, undrafted with Halifax. Um, I know in his final, yeah, 59 games, he had 25 goals, 420 minutes. And then at 17 games, he had 12 points in the playoffs with along with another 125 minutes. Yeah, so there you go. Um, 545 minutes in, in one season. Um, but yeah, he, uh, he's from Manitoba too, huh? Ended up in Quebec. Yeah, I was, I was a massive fan of, uh, of of of, uh, of Jody's and uh, of course he played with San Jose and uh, and Philly and uh, um, I forgot he was with the Rangers. Um, yeah, I mean I I would assume I'd know who number one is. I, I'm assuming it will click over. It's, I'm assuming it's Bowl, right? Yeah, okay, number one's Bowl. Yeah, I mean I guess just for the fact that he was in Columbus longer than 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 Jody was. Um, but yeah. Like Jody, I love Jared Bull. Both such good guys that played such bad guys on the ice. They could mess anyone up and motivate their teams with their fists. Most of Bull's fights with Columbus. Bull has the most fights in Columbus history, and it's not even close. His 154 fights are just incredible. I wish he was still here. He makes too much. 
but he makes too much money to be just a fighter. Okay. Was Jared Bowl getting paid that much money? I don't know. But, um, yeah, again, Jared Bowl. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Jared Bowles. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, he wore the C in Columbus for a while and, uh, you know, just one of those guys, good, good soldier, you know, skated his lane. Um, you know, was again, I mean, fought everybody. Was he a big, huge killer as a fighter? Yeah, no, but I mean, would certainly, uh, you know, give her shit and, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I gotta say overall, that was a pretty solid list. I mean, Bull, Shelley, Dorset, uh, Ling, and then Grand Pierre. I mean, you know, and at the same time, I was kind of shitting on Ling, but then I look at it, well, he had 23 fights and, you know, okay. Um, I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm really scraping my head here to try to think of other fighters that Columbus had. I mean, uh, I really can't. I mean, who was the one kid there a few years ago? Uh, was it Dalton Prout or whatever? Josh Anderson. And I mean, that's a little, I stopped, you know, that, that's out of my wheelhouse. That's kind of the, the newer guys, but boy, oh boy, I'm trying to think. I really can't think of, Shit, maybe this is the solid five then, because I don't, I can't, I'm, I'm speechless, help me out. Um, yeah, I mean, outside of the top three, I mean, it's pretty, it's kind of slim pickings after that, because I mean, really, it's not like the team's been around forever and ever either, so, <clears throat> um, yeah, I can't, uh. No, I can't. I, yeah, this is a really solid list to be. Well, I mean, I guess it's kind of the, you know, I mean, the top three for sure. And like I said, the, the other two. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't argue with it, really. So there you go. Actually, a pretty solid list for the Columbus Blue Jackets, folks. There you go. The top five fighters in history. But yeah, I think, um, actually, now that I'm sitting here, I think the, uh, I think the wife's already, she's not feeling great. I think she's already went to bed. I think maybe I'll, uh, I'll, I'll kill the rest of the night here sitting in my big chair. Maybe I think I'm going to go down the, uh, the, uh, Jared Bull, uh, uh, rabbit hole, so to speak, on YouTube. Uh, um, cause he was, cause Jared Bull's kind of a fairly new guy too. And, uh, I mean, I know he's retired and all that, but, you know, you, that's one thing I was, remember, from, I stopped watching like a decade ago. And, uh, and even before that, even really in the, in the, that 06 and on, I kind of really didn't pay much attention. I mean, I'd see the fights when they'd come across my social media and stuff like that. And I mean, oh, and I'd go out of my way to watch McGrath and stuff. But it was like, other than that, eh, you know, I didn't pay all that much attention. So, um, I missed a lot of bowl stuff, you know, and he's an Ontario guy and, so, uh, yeah, I should definitely go down the Jared Bull rabbit hole. I think I'm going to do that tonight. But uh, anyway, guys, uh, let's wrap it up here. Ah, it's 50 minutes. There you go. I gave you a 50 minutes entertainment. That's pretty good. Um, well, I don't want to. I, I take that back. I gave you 50 minutes. I shouldn't maybe throw. I don't know how entertaining it was. Maybe not, let's dial down. <laughs> dial that down. <laughs> um, but anyway, guys. Um, I promise to have some, to have some player interviews coming up. Like I said, now that the, uh, apparently we're supposed to be getting snow here, uh, tonight and tomorrow. I'm looking out the window. It hasn't started yet, but, um, we're supposed to be getting snow here pretty quick. And of course it's, you know, as we enter November and, you know, Christmas is around the corner. Um, uh, work should slow down and I'll have more time. And, and like I said, at that point, there's a few guys that there's definitely some players that I'd like to talk to that I've sort of, 
hey man, you should come on the show sometime. Oh yeah, let me know. You know, and we kind of have that little rapport, but I haven't, we haven't really set any dates or anything or I haven't followed up with them. So, uh, as the winter goes on here, I'm going to follow up with guys and, uh, and do some interviews and, uh, and, and get those out there. So, cause I know you guys really enjoy those as well. And, um, you know, and, and there's a bunch of guys that I know follow and listen to the show and follow the, you know, I've talked to them online on Facebook and stuff that, that I, I, you know, I like their posts and I find them interesting and I enjoy talking to them privately. And, uh, I'd like to have them on the show and just, uh, you know, talk their fandom and, and some stories and, and just, uh, even maybe just do like one of these shows. I I was talking to a guy. I know I was talking to John here, and uh, you know, hopefully I can record with him on the weekend, and uh, maybe that could be Sunday's episode, and uh, and have him on there. And I know he. Uh, I had talked about Ryan Reeves, and I just I was like, what's the deal with the hate with Reeves and blah blah blah. And he actually sent me a really good reply email because uh, I always say with you guys, if you have something to say to me, like whether it be good, bad, or otherwise, or just pitch a show idea or. Hey, I should come on. We could talk about this or whatever. I'm all ears. I'd love to have anybody come on. Sure. Like I said, when you're doing two shows a week, man, believe me, you're grasping for content. And if, if somebody's going to provide me with some, well, shit, the mic's all yours. Um, so hockey fights at hotmail.com. Please send me an email and I'd love to hear from you and your ideas and, uh, or criticisms, critiques, whatever it may be. Um, but anyway, John sent me an email and he just talked about, um, when I was talking about Reeves and he kind of goes, well, I think maybe people don't like him because of, and uh, again, really solid written email. And uh, I, I understood what he meant and I replied back and um, yeah, not, we weren't arguing or anything, but it was just more, yeah, I see what you're saying, but I think this or whatever. And uh, anyway, I think I'm going to have him on and we're going to talk about that on the air. And plus, uh, and he was kind of laughing because he, uh, you know, he listens to the show. He talked about his, uh, well, he goes, oh, I might have a myth versus reality. And I said, oh shit, for sure. You know, uh, you know, throw it out there and, uh, you know, it'll, you know, I, I can, uh, you know, and then I'll, I'll feed off of that. So, uh, you know, hopefully we, rec- uh, we can, re- I know he works really early and he's out east. So with the time difference and everything else, we're going to have to find something out here. Uh, we'll try to find a common time, but, uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to hopefully getting him on and, and anybody out there list, listening. If you guys, if you have some topics that you'd love to come on the show and talk about, hell yeah. Like I said, drop me a line. I'll hit record and let's go. Like I said, this show's uh, for players and for fight fans and that's all we're doing here, folks. You know, we're not landing planes. It's, uh, you know, this is your, I always say this is your guys' show. So, uh, yeah, if you're listening out there and you want to come on and, and you have a myth or reality or something that we could talk about or, or you used to talk about this and I disagree and whatever. Yeah, sure. Come on down. Or if you have a list of your own, come on down. And, uh, absolutely. Like I said, I'm always looking for content. And if you, and if you have some, fire it up. Let's go. But, uh, all right, guys, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go shower, hit the sack. 945 here. I got to get rolling. So, uh, I want to thank all you guys for tuning in. And I always say this and, and I don't mean it to sound, uh, you know, cheesy or anything like that, but I know, there is, uh, there's a lot of shows out there to listen to. And the fact that you take time out of your week and your, and, uh, and, and your life to listen to, to my show, um, or, you know, put the show in your, in your podcast rotation. I greatly appreciate it. And, uh, I really do. And, uh, like I said, that's why I always say, if you guys have ideas or anything, I want to hear from them because I, I want to hear from you because, uh, 
yeah, like I said, this, I always said this, this is your guys' show and I want to, uh, we're just here to talk fights and, uh, I think it's a, I think it's a real unique, uh, show, really unique platform. Um, and, uh, cause last time I, no one's doing it. So, uh, we, I know we're our, our own little island here, our own little niche product. And, uh, and I dig that and, uh, I'm going to keep it that way. And, uh, and I hope you guys, uh, and the fact that you guys are joining me on the journey, I appreciate it. So, uh, thank you. But, uh, anyway, folks, let's get out of here. Enjoy the rest of your week and, uh, let's, Working for the weekend, as Loverboy would say. All right, everybody. I'll talk to you guys on Sunday. Thanks, guys. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 